drifted by a mountain, sitting in a line, Leonard Bernstein, Leonard Brass, Nap, Lenny, Bush, and Lester Banks, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boom, symbiotic, patriotic, slam, button, nap. That was The End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. And I am one of your hosts here in New Jersey of the R&D Project. I'm Rob Nicholson. I am joined by my isolated partner to the south, my hetero life mate, my partner in crime, Donnie Sturgis. How you doing down there in Virginia, Donnie? Well, I feel fine. Leonard Bernstein! Ah! Greetings and salutations, everybody. Talking at you from the Sturgis compound down here in Virginia, where uh, this contagion still running rapid. It's raging across the country, across the world. Global pandemic. We're gonna be okay, though. We're all gonna get through it together. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be we'll we'll all be fine. We just uh, you know just uh, you know Leonard Bernstein. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Leonard, Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein will. We'll come back and save us all. He will take us into the ether where we belong, where, where there's a utopia, where we'll all just have all the bread and donuts and, and coffee and booze that we want. And uh, I'm in, in ever being, it'll be great. And then the flying car will be there, which is what we all wanted uh, ever since Back to the Future Part Two. Uh, hoverboards, um, you know, and just anything you could ever want. It, it's Leonard Bernstein's <laughs> going to make it happen. He's going to come back and bring us all into a state of euphoria and it'd be great <laughs> a turned leonard bernstein if he's coming back <laughs> but I, I have to say leonard bernstein's the real jesus everybody there that's, you go that's just it. there you go so this song the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine in in uh parents um is <laughs> It's trending on iTunes, and it has been for the past the past week or so. What a um, shock! Right, it, it's uh, you know people are like, "Wow, this is the best song ever!" Like we were listening to it back when it first came out, and it just because it was so fast paced and frenetic, we'd sit there and we bop our heads, and then everybody would shout Leonard Bernstein at the same time. Uh, for those of you who don't have a point of reference as to what that song is, uh, go out and listen to it. It's a great song and it, it's very apropos. And it made me go back and listen to my REM catalog because I was a huge REM fan back in high school. And I, I really think it was because it was the cool thing to be. Yeah. Y you know, it was like emo before emo was emo. Um, the, the the Atlanta bands uh, were, were were big. Them and the B fifty twos. Oh yeah, from Atlanta. <clears throat> the Atlanta the Atlanta bands were like huge. Like everybody <laughs> loved them. It's the same thing when I grew up too. Remember, I always I always liked those songs back in that era, um, like what blinded me with science back in the eighties, where the guy would just jump out and say science, <laughs> you know. And I mean, it was science. the same. Right, it was the same thing with this song with Love Shack. I got me a Chrysler, it seats about 20, so hurry up and bring your jukebox money. <laughs> it wasn't until maybe about 10, 15 years ago that I understood what Cindy, was it Cindy Wilson? Yes. That I understood what Cindy Wilson was saying 
when he goes, you're what? I was like, what? I could never understand what the hell she was saying. She's saying tin roof, rusted. Rusted. Yep. Yeah. Which, which still doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. sense. <laughs> but I remember like when the music video came out, I was like, what the fuck are you? Because they showed a goat. Right. showed a goat when she said that line and i'm like what is are are you is are you are you talking about the is his name rusty is is rusty is he a goat like i what are you saying and then and then suddenly like i think like 10 maybe 15 years ago i i finally found out i think it was like it might have been like uh earlier than that because I, I think like maybe vh1 did a pop-up music or something uh, or a pop-up video on it or something and they finally like revealed the mystery of what she says or something it was something. I just remember like, oh, tin roof rusted. Okay. That doesn't make any lick of sense, but at least I know what you're saying now. And, you know, See, children, I, this was back in the day when we used to watch music. We yes. would watch it. it when, really when, when MTV actually did this thing called uh, showing music videos. Right. Which um, is where they got their name from. Right. <laughs> um, which, you know, it's, it's too bad because music videos were the shit back in the day man like and it's funny because it was one of those things where you know mtv was definitely uh mostly what all the youngins watched and of course all the all, all the parent focus groups were like that's gonna rot your brain mtv generation oh there's a music video it's all gonna rot in hell and it's like no it, it's we're not and and you know they they sang back in the day you know video killed the radio star but then mtv killed like all the, the, the music stars <laughs> mtv killed the video stars <laughs> right and then and then vh1 hung on for a little bit longer but then they eventually succumbed as well Yes, um, yes. And then and then in the late 90s, early 2000s came the advent of VH1 Classic and yep. MTV Classic. And then those would eventually stop playing music videos as well because yeah. it, it was it was a it was a virus that just kept it just kept infecting each uh, next generation channel of MTV and VH1, which is a good segue, I might add, talking about viruses yes. and spreading and contagion. I didn't do that on purpose, I swear to Oh, wait, maybe I did. Yes, maybe I did. did. I totally did that on purpose. <laughs> yes, that's the ticket. Um, to segue into uh, tonight's episode, uh, the, the subject matter, um, and we thought it would be, uh, be fun and topical and, uh, you know, just uh, to talk about... Um, you know, horror movies that involve contagion, um, that involve uh, pandemics, that involve, uh, you know, basically the spreading of diseases of different sorts. Because right now, and I actually, I did read an article um, talking about how right now a lot of people are actually watching because of what's going on right now in the world, what's going on right now with the pandemic and everything. People are actually watching more pandemic movies um, right now. And we'll get into why, uh, or we'll try to get into why. We'll, we'll right. look at that for a little bit. Um, but yeah, right now it's you know it's 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 scary out there, and so people are kind of uh, watching those movies. I don't know. Hopefully, not to get tips because I, I wouldn't. Get, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, exactly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be taking notes on a lot of these movies. Um, although I will say one thing from personal experience: uh, any any uh, contagion or pandemic film that you watch, uh, if the government is doing and or saying something stupid and counterproductive and and just making things worse uh, or being indecisive. That shit's all true. That that's that's not just movie magic. That really that shit really happens. I know that's from personal experience. Uh, we're fucking doomed, and uh, um, Leonard Bernstein will be back for us soon. So that's it. just hang that's in there, it. kitties. Now I I will say, <laughs> I'll tell everybody, and most people know this. I think that have listened. I'm I'm in the telecom field. I work for a company which I won't name because God forbid I say anything bad. I don't want it to come back back on my company. 
but um, you know, I, I was called. Um, he worked for Cyberdyne. Everybody, don't listen to him. There you go. Um, I was called the first responder, and I I don't like being called that because to me that's the EMS, the fire, and the police who are sure, doing it. Yeah, it's an admirable job by them. Um, you know, we're there as as kind of second responders to keep telecommunications needs open, um, making sure your fiber works, making sure your your copper telephone, your internet, all of that stuff, making sure that you have the communications needs that you need that you need to have during times like this. Um, and, you know, and I pride myself on that on that job. Um, but shit got real the other night when um, I arrived back at my office and there was a note on my desk or a letter on my desk and it's a federal government agency. It's the cyber, cyber technology, something or other CISC or something like that. Um, CSI Miami. Exactly. Um, and it basically was a letter so I could be out after curfew because yes, there's been a voluntary curfew placed in New Jersey. Holy shit. Need- yeah, that you need to be in by eight. Um, we think we don't even with, have that yet. Uh, I mean, I think with the we 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 tripled our cases today, I believe. So I you think are New Jersey. Yeah, I think it's uh, we're we're close proximity to the city, which is just like literally exploding in front of our eyes. Um, I, I think that we're we're heading towards a towards a uh, lockdown, if you want to call it that. Pretty much everything's been closed in New Jersey. Um, pretty much everything's been closed all over the tri-state area and it's you know if you want to do anything you got to go out to the midwest don't go out to the midwest we we don't need those people sick either but it it just became real you know it was like oh here's this guy has permission to be in all of the places that you know most people can't and as a telecom worker i've seen that in the past Um, i did hurricane relief down in florida in 2004 and as people were like rushing out of somewhere we were rushing in and it's always an eerie feeling, you know, when you see the lines of traffic just like going up, you know, 75 to get away from Naples and Fort Myers and Port, Port, Port Charlotte and Punta Gorda. And you're going like the opposite way. And you're like, well, fuck, <laughs> this is going to suck. But, you know, all we have is hand sanitizer and wipes and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of people up here didn't take this seriously enough, quick enough. Um, a lot of people still don't take it seriously enough. It, and it's scary for, for, you know, people like me. Um, you know, I think it's scary for a lot of people, but there's, there's- I was, I was in a meeting today with a guy, but before the meeting started, it was like, everybody's just being ridiculous and just overdoing it and just going, just, just, just going, you know, way overboard with this whole thing. He goes, it's probably even a, it's probably a hoax anyway. It's just the fucking flu. And I was like, Oh my God. Well, thanks for letting me know ahead of time that you're a moron. That's a beautiful segue into my, into the first movie that I want to talk about <laughs> because I've been watching it. Um, and Gina and I put it on the other night. She had never seen the movie before. And you know, that line is actually said a lot in the beginning of the movie. It's just the flu or summer colds are the worst. Um, and all you need is a dose of flu, buddy. And that movie is the incredible miniseries, The Stand, which is based by the incredible book by one Stephon King. Oh wait, Stephen King. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're going to talk about uh, apocalyptic uh, uh, epidemic or pandemic uh, films, you're you're going to come out swinging with a stand. Holy shit. 
Yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously that um, that movie takes a lot of license, you know, a a virus escapes a a germ warfare lab lab that's developing this, uh, you know, Captain Trips virus, Um, you know, this this Ebola like, you know, thing that basically correct. It's 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 the rapture version of the flu. And you are left with two two sides. You have Good, which goes and flocks to a lady named Mother Abigail out in Hemingford Home, Nebraska. And then they go to Boulder. And you also have the contingent out in Las Vegas, the city of sin, headed by one Randall Flagg, who is Satan himself. And it's all because of the flu. But the movie is such a great representation of the human condition. Um, it's, it's wonderfully acted. You have, you know, big players, Ruby D, Ozzie Davis, um, uh, Gary Sinise, G- Gary Sinise. You have uh, Bill. Fa- Fa- How do you pronounce his last name? Bill, Fa- uh, Bill Fagerbach. Fagerbach. Fagerbecky. <laughs> I think, I think it's Fagerbach. <laughs> Who also is Patrick the Starfish in SpongeBob SquarePants, which makes me happy. He, he was also the the simpleton in the TV series Coach. Yes, and you have a rediscovered Molly Ringwald at that point. <laughs> they um, lost her uh, many years before. <laughs> right. Like suddenly, like the, when 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 the Brat Pack ended, like we misplaced our Molly Ringwald. Where is Correct. she? Correct. And then Correct. suddenly, like when they were casting for this film, like we found her. She was back here in this alleyway, just exactly. sitting there. I don't know what she was doing. She was wearing a tutu and trying to sing this song. I don't even know what she was doing, but we found her. There she is. Put her in this movie. Put her in this miniseries. It'll be fun. And it's just, it's such, I, I, I don't know. It, it, you know, it, even Max Wright, um, who at that point when I first saw the movie, I don't think, he, 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 he was in a couple episodes of Friends as Terry, the, uh, the, the coffee shop owner or manager, but he's like the dad from ALF. And the dad from ALF is a, is a, like this wormy government guy, um, you know, who corrals Gary Sinise right in the beginning of the movie um, mm-hmm. after the virus spreads, you know, and gets down to Arnett, Texas. Right. Um, but yeah, there's so many great acting performances in this movie. And it, it, if you want to, if you want to see Rob Lowe in this too. Yes, he is. He is. Another he Brat Packer. He doesn't say a lot. <laughs> Oh, no, he does not. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he plays Muty the Mute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Rob Lowe is in it too. Um, uh, uh, just the the breadth of actors that they were able to get for this. And it was a TV miniseries. Um, it's being remade again, and it's coming out as, which is weird, it's coming out again as a TV miniseries. The Stand is one of those movies that you have to just watch and appreciate during this time it's very hard to find right now streaming wise um i don't know if you're going to be able to i happen to have the get this the dvd that you have to actually flip over (laughs) because (laughs) that's how they had to do things because of the the length of the movie i do Um, believe it's on blu-ray is it i i do believe because i i think i just saw it the other day um I want to say Scream Factory or Shout Factory. I want to say just release or is, or if it's not out yet, it's going to be. Yeah, it's it's out, it's on Blu-ray. Yeah, just look um, at it. Br- brilliantly restored collector's edition. I will be picking that up. Yep, 
Yep. It is there, and you probably won't have to turn it over this time. 100%. No, if I have to flip <laughs> over a Blu-ray, that's like, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's a, a really long movie. Oh, look it. And then more to consider. The last one there is Shazam. Really? Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the Shazam, the complete live action series. Not, not, not the Shazam movie that we were just talking about? No, no, that's just weird. iPad, stop listening to me. <laughs> other end of the world movies you might want to consider (laughs) just remember in the movie shazam with um what's his name sinbad (laughs) with sinbad that apparently exists in a world where there was no coronavirus or covid19 um and donald trump wasn't president sorry got political and and eric stoltz (laughs) played marty mcfly back to the future Exactly. All of those things happened. There's so, Zeppelins flying everywhere for some odd reason. Right, right. You know, there were no Nazis. There, none of this stuff. All the bad stuff never happened. It's a world full of uh, rainbows and ice cream and unicorns. Sylvester so, Stallone was in the Terminator. Right, right. right. Or O.J. Simpson. Or O.J. Simpson. <laughs> or Lance Henriksen. And O.J. Simpson just finished his, his run in uh, Naked Gun, 88 and an eighth. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see Nielsen has a robot body and is That's living it. forever because they realize his comedy was essential for survival Absolutely. Of, uh, of, of society um, Leonard Bernstein does not exist which is really bad for them because he's not coming back for them at all anytime right. soon because he's never he never existed <laughs> uh, there's actually a Stephen King triple feature that actually I would I would buy this but it's probably DVD uh, The Stand The Langoliers and The Golden Years Ooh. What a great That's, trio of movies. That does sound like a DVD package yeah. The yeah, bundle. That's a hell of a collection of movies. So that's my favorite pandemic movie, although it's 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 really a social commentary. It's a end of the world movie. It's um, you know, everything kind of all rolled into one. Which, Stephen Stephen King is a great social commentator. So oh yeah. it's more than a pandemic movie, much, much more. So which, watch it. I mean, if if you look at a lot of pandemic slash contagion style movies, it's, it's, they're all kind of like that to different degrees. Um, you know, some of them add a little bit of the, the extra apocalyptical biblical spice to them and some don't. And it's, and that's the thing, like t- taking a step back for a second, you know, just looking at the, looking at the, the, the sub as a whole, you know, we've, those, you know, th- these types of stories have been going back for a long, long time. Um, in, even in films, you know, it's it's been, you know, I mean, if you even look at it, like even like uh, vampirism can be considered a contagion style film, you know, and then we're going all the way back to like, you know, the, the silent film era with Nosferatu and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, that's contagion, you know, pandemic style films have been around for a long, long time. The most notable ones, you know, uh, from the last like 50 years are like, you know, um, um, the Andromeda strain from the 70s. You know, all the way up to Contagion, which just came out, you know, basically like 10 years ago. Um, but even like other ones, like, you know, the most recently, um, the, uh, you know, the, the new the new Planet of the Apes movies, the Rise of the Planet of the or Rise of the Apes and everything like that are, are secretly Contagion movies. Because if you look at it, and, cause, and it's very subtle in the first film, um, you know, because, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, Caesar, uh, you know, gaining uh, super intelligence because of a drug. Uh, but in the background, you know, what you find out is the same drug is actually because uh, it, it's, it's, it's viral in, in, in the way it was produced. 
is causing humanity to die at a very quick, uh, quick rate. And so if you stick around during the closing credits of the, of that, of that film, you'll see that they're showing the pandemic or the epidemic as it's sweeping across the world and killing people just in huge swaths while meanwhile, the apes are starting to grow in intelligence and they're completely unaffected. They, you know, and everything, which I thought was a really nice touch. Um, you know, cause I'm a huge, I'll, I'll admit, I'm a huge planet of the apes fan. I love, that was one of those movies that my dad and I bonded with when I was a kid growing up. I remember watching it on, you know, Saturday, the Saturday afternoon matinee movie on TV, watching the first planet of the apes and, uh, which written by Rod Serling. Um, that movie had a huge effect on me because that was the first time I ever saw a movie that had a down ending or like a, not like a happy ending because that, that final shot where he finds out that he's been on earth this entire time. He's just on earth our future. Spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> um, statute of limitations on that has run out. If you don't know that by now, I don't know what to tell you. Let, Get off my show. <laughs> Leonard Bernstein is not coming for you. Um, he's going to leave you behind. You're not getting raptured by Leonard Bernstein. I'm sorry, um, but you know it was it was such a huge that like I was like like eight years old when I saw that movie on the Saturday matinee movie on on on, on you know on TV, and that just blew my mind. And it, it just it was just it was such an impact for a child at that age, uh, because that's, that that causes you to think big. Holy crap! What happened? I'm 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 hearing sirens outside. I don't know what's going on. Uh-oh, but... see? Life imitating art imitating life. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Anyway, <laughs> so but I just remember like cuz you know the what the ending of that movie meant was such a huge thing for a child of 8 years old and so it makes you start to think things that a normal 8-year-old wouldn't think like like what does this all mean? Like oh my god, like like we're and that's and that brings me to a, to, to a point that I was, that I was, uh, that I wanted to get to eventually. Um, but I guess I get to it a little bit sooner is one of the things about, uh, that's popular that, that, that has become popular, uh, thanks to the rise of the pandemic. And we're talking like across the board, it doesn't have to just be viruses. I mean, we're even talking about like George Romero revolutionized night of the living dead is a, is a pandemic film. It is a, it is a contagion film because it's about a zombie, uh, a contagion that is spreading across, you know, and that man, you want to talk about social commentary, that man does social commentary like nobody, or did social commentary like nobody's business, um, you know, through three, three films and then later on, you know, several more after that, um, that man was able to tell a story using the fear in, uh, that comes from uh, uh, a pandemic style uh, tale. Um, and the thing about those is, you know, it really, when you look at it, um, contagion pandemic slash pandemic stories are never necessarily about contagion slash pandemics. It's always about something else. It's always a framework for a bigger story. And it's usually about isolationism. It's usually to expose, uh, you know, the government being evil. Uh, it's, it's usually there to, to, to show, you know, just how awful humanity can be, which is one of the reasons why I love them so much. Because again, the first time I ever realized you know, that kind of concept for Planet of the Apes, man. Planet of the Apes was the one. And Planet of the Apes, like I said, I'm a huge Planet of the Apes fan. Uh, I have the box set that came out probably like 10, 15 years ago that has all the films. I love all of them to different levels. You know, they're, they're not all great. 
Uh, they definitely have flaws, especially in the later installments, but I, they're just, I, I love them. They're so much fun. Um, but they did, they, they did nothing about, I'm all over the place tonight. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, try to follow me. Um, Leonard Bernstein will still be there for you. Um, that's going to be a running gag tonight. I swear to God. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the original Planet of the Apes series never took that turn. It was, it was really just about, uh, over the course of those five films, it was really about how humanity was the problem. Humanity, uh, basically wiped itself out of existence because it, it, it felt it was superior and it didn't, it didn't check itself, uh, before it wrecked itself. Social um, commentary. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and, and thinking, you know, especially when you get to like the third installment, when you see that the, or the fourth installment, when you see the, the way, um, uh, humanity treats uh, humanity is treating the the apes as slaves the the intelligent apes as slaves you know again and this this came out right around the the time of the human you know the the, the human rights movement you know when Martin Luther King came, came out in the sixties and everything early seventies you know so human rights was was definitely in full swing um, but it 's interesting because the new apes films went a different route. Humanity still is responsible for its own destruction, but this time it's like, oh, because we were trying to, we were playing God. We were trying to create something to help improve the quality of life for older people, and we just fucked it up, and now we're going to kill ourselves. And that's one of the things that I think makes uh, makes Contagion slash Pandemic Stories stand out, makes them so great, and why, you know, one of the reasons why we gravitate to them, especially during uh, during times like now, uh, when we have that facing us for real, um, is that we, we again, I, I said before, like, don't, don't be watching these movies and taking notes, like, this is how I'm going to survive coronavirus, you know, this, this is what this is. But at the same time, we look to them for inspiration. We look to them for, like, because uh, at the end of it, you know, look at what's going on outside right now. Not to be preachy, I, I apologize. Um, you've got people hoarding food you've got people hoarding uh, essentials necessary supplies just grabbing everything so that the person next to them can't fend for themselves the person next to them is like well i, I i'm not gonna eat this weekend because you just took all the hamburger meat uh, chicken out of the cold case yeah whatever um you've got assholes uh you know basically whining to the new york post uh, because, oh, I bought all the hand sanitizers so I could mark it up 500% so I could make a profit off everybody else's misery of not having it during this trying time when everybody's dying. Um, but nobody's buying it from me because Amazon won't let me boo-hoo. Oh, fuck off, buddy. Like, you yep. deserve what you get. And now everybody knows where you live and they're coming for you. So, And he wasn't – Amazon blocked him from selling that. And, like, he was like, well, yeah. what am I supposed to do? Now, apparently, apparently – He's donating it to charity, which, you know, doesn't make me feel any better because that's just, you know, a guy being like, oh, here's the thing. He's donating a charity. Family. He's donating it to charity because he has to. He's not doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Correct. He's he's trying to save face and he's still a piece of shit. Correct. 100%. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, I've seen it, you know, uh, I meal prep every week, every week. And, you know, normally I try to meal prep at least 12 days ahead and um, or or two weeks two two business weeks five days each um and then have extra and i went to go to the store just to get ground turkey and i couldn't find any ground turkey and i was like you know what this fucking bullshit because i 
I'm out in the field every single day. We can't even go. Uh, some of the restaurants have completely closed. Yeah. Um, the, the only choice is now a lot of the cases are fast food, which, you know, that sucks because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay healthy. Sure. Um, my gym closed. So that blows too. But, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's just, it, we're literally seeing things that we never thought we'd see before. And that's honestly, I'm sorry, I'm going to get political here. And if you don't like it too bad, it's our show. Um, but you know, <laughs> we've been seeing weird shit going on since 2016. Um, you know, I mean, this is, a, this is a completely different world that we live in now and it just got crazier. And now like tomorrow it's going to be 75 degrees and then next Tuesday it's supposed to snow. I mean, you know, it was, it was 86 degrees here today. There you go. You know, it's it's like someone is up there in the universe going, you know what? Fuck this guy. <laughs> you know? I, maybe, maybe, Donnie, and, and Gina will love this. Maybe the universe is now being controlled by cats. Maybe that's what it is. Because that would make sense. This is the type of shit that only happens like when a cat like gets pissed off and it's like, you know what? Fuck this thing right here. Boom. Knocks it off the table. I mean, in- Utah had a 5.7 earthquake. Yeah, the other did. day. It's like, by the way, Corona wasn't enough. Here, fuck you. <laughs> in, 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 in the defense of cats, though, my two girls are sweet and loving and amazing and tender, and they love me to death, and they uh, don't have an asshole bone in their entire body. They, 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 have, they have their have paws. Assholes, but they, they have don't their, have... What's that? They have their paws drawn up at you right now, don't they? I can see you in that camera. <laughs> They're behind you with knives. <laughs> Yeah, no, not not my girlies, not 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 Majin and Nai Nai. They're the sweetest ever. No, and um, and not not that cats are evil because they're not. No. I mean, I have I have one and a half asshole cats. They just don't of, give a shit. Exactly. There you go. There you go. So they, I, whoever is in charge of the universe, like went out for like a date, you know, went out for a couple drinks, and the cats are like, "Oh, good, we've got this shit now. Let's go." I'm, no, I'm here's here's what happened. I honest truth. Here's here's what I think honestly happened. So that hadron collider, they just announced like a week or so ago that they have discovered some new shit that they never expected possible with with the particle acceleration and stuff. I don't remember the details, but you guys can look it up. But they're like seeing, like they're they're seeing things that's going that might change the way you look at physics and shit because they're seeing particles do things they weren't expecting. I guarantee you. Here's what happened: we are now in an alternate timeline. That fucking particle accelerator just flung us into an alternate timeline where shit is. We're in the worst timeline. Shit has just gone to shit. You know what scares me the most about that? And this is not rumor or conjecture or anything else. They said if there's any thing that goes wrong with that it could literally suck us into a black hole immediately and i'm like that would be interesting i'm like wait a second like we would just vaporize like right now boom we'd be gone and these oh, people want to keep playing with that stuff it's like please stop doing that <laughs> now now uh, now understand though i mean you can relax a little bit because leonard bernstein would never let that happen <laughs> He, he's he's our savior. He will be there to take care of us. He will not let us get sucked into a black hole. He will show up at the last minute right before and take us all home. It's going to happen. <laughs> Don't Unless we're in the darkest timeline, unless we're in the wrong, unless the Hadron Collider has accidentally thrown us into an alternate parallel universe where everything has just gone to shit, and then we're fucked because there's no Leonard Bernstein in this reality. I need to check and see if Eric Stoltz is in Back to the Future. I'm looking at my poster. Right. Nope, 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 it's still... 
It's still Michael J. Fox. We're safe. We're good. We're okay. We're okay. Um, but yeah, it just uh, getting back to, on topic though. Like it's just, it's interesting, you know, as we, cause I mean, we've never really, we've never had anything like this happen before in real life. Like this, this is, we've come close. Like there's, we've had, we've had, you know, the, the, the swine flu, the avian flu, we've had all these different strains happen before. And yeah, sure. There's been pandemics that have come out about them and everything, but we've never gone to this point. Like America has never been affected like this before in its life, in its lifespan. And so, but the one thing is, is we're starting to see things that once upon a time was only shit we'd see in movies, like Contagion, like Andromeda Strain, you know, like, um, you know, the Dawn of the Dead and stuff like, you know, the new Dawn of the Dead, stuff like that. Like, it's so weird. And it's terrifying. But at the same time, what do we do as a people when we're scared of something? We watch movies usually about that same something or, or something similar, you know, when people were afraid of the, of the, uh, when people were, were terrified during the Vietnam war, they went to horror films, jaws, stuff like that to try to get them out of that, to try to, to try to make them feel a little bit better about the situation in the world, about where they were at, about the, about, you know, just kind of as escapism. Um, and that's the same thing. That's and especially now. And I think, like I said, that article was mentioning how people there's been a huge rise uh, in the past week over you know people watching pandemic slash uh, contagion films, and it it makes complete and total sense. You know, we're we're on the we're we're in it. We're in the shit. Uh, the same shit that you see in these movies. Now, granted, I don't I don't think um, uh, Daryl from Walking Dead is going to show up and start shooting zombies around our our neighborhood anytime soon because you know the zombie plague's a little bit different, but um it's all the same it's it's never ever about the plague it's never ever about the infection it's never ever about you know it's it's always uh it's always used as a springboard to show us what humanity is really like and humanity is awful humanity is horrible every fucking now granted there will always be people that will come together uh you know in the face of the evil that rises, you know, the, 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 the worst part, that's the thing. When you have a, when you have a contagion pandemic film like that, what happens, you always have, like you said, with the stand, you have two different forces rise yep. out of it. You have the darkness and you have the light. Um, and that's just, you know, it, it's always how it is. Um, but we like stories like that because we, we, we look to that for inspiration and again, we're not taking notes when we watch these movies, but we're looking at them going, where's the humanity? Where's the decentness? Where's the, where's the decency? Yeah. I mean, look at 9-11. 9-11, in, in disasters like 9-11, every time something like that happens, what do you see? You see a, un, a, a unification on a level that, you'll, that you never see any other time. You right. see people come together. It doesn't matter if you're liberal, if you're um, or conservative, it doesn't matter if you're black or white or, or whatever. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're uh, transgender or, or, or cisgender. It doesn't matter. Disasters like this bring people together in a way that nothing else does. And it's fucking weird and amazing and phenomenal. And it's and, and head scratching because you're like, why? And, you know, it's, it's, it unites people. But at the same time, you know, in, but at the same time, when it uh, when it comes to contagion pandemic films, it's a little bit different because everybody is being attacked on an individual level. And so you're going to get a lot of panic. You're getting a lot of people trying to fend for themselves. Usually that's what happens first. That's usually the first stage. Um, you know, everybody panicked like, like oh, we don't know what's going on. You know, the, 
you know, the, the, the authority figures, you know, up in the White House and then everything never know what's going on. They don't know how to handle the situation. They're still figuring it out. So everybody's running like a chicken with their head caught off like I did was doing earlier this week, um, trying to figure out how they're going to survive. Because, you know, when you're, when you're faced with a – and, and, and I guess this is the difference between a contagion pandemic uh, style situation um, and, like, say, uh, uh, a disaster like 9-11. So disasters like 9-11 – are attacking everybody as a as a group as a as a as a social construct as a as as one entity things like pandemics and contagions and and plagues and shit are attacking everybody on an individual level it's not about you or it's not about oh my god it just it it just attacked everybody you know at, at disney world oh my god everybody in disney world's banding together against this virus it doesn't work that way everybody's affected individually and so Nobody knows who to turn to, and so there's pandemonium and everything. It usually isn't until much later when people finally start locking shit down. You usually have, again, you have the darkest, right? You have the people that rise that are trying to take advantage of the situation, taking advantage of people's misery, taking advantage, like, oh, my God, everything's going to shit. This is my time to shine. I'm going to fucking, like, own this stuff, and everybody else is going to fall under my boot heel. And you know, the other people are like, we need to figure out how to get this. To, we, we need to figure out how to get together and get this shit working and get society back together and figure this shit out and you know and those two sides are usually in opposition of each other uh most likely um but um but i think that's the real difference there um is you know the fact that you know the 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 way these attacks occur the 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 angle that they come from the you know and everything um but at the end of the day like uh, Again, it's escapism. I, you know, these type of movies, we, we watch them because they make us feel better. They, they, they give us a little bit, you know, it's like, it can't be as bad as it is in this movie, you know. And, and even then, we, we still look for inspiration. We still look for the, the, the shining light. It's like, um, uh, it's like what um, uh, Mr. Rogers, uh, Fred Rogers, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood said, uh, and every time you see a natural disaster of some sort, you always see this, this quote pop up. It's, it's something to, to, to the tune of, uh, whenever you feel um, like there's no hope, whenever whenever something bad happens, like something major, a major disaster, something happens, and you feel like there's no hope, or you feel like everything's uh, you know everything's just all for naught, or everything's lost, always look for the people who are helping. Always look for the light, and because they're they're always going to be there. Mister Rogers, exactly. That's- I posted that today on my Facebook. I did. See, I and I, I, I just that I, I just got done saying that that usually pops up every time. Yeah, uh, something like this happens, um, and it's great. And it's and again, you know, it's. Uh, I think a lot of it is, you know, we, we as people, even in entertainment, want answers. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, we we seek answers from everything. Um, you know, and like I said, because of the type of social commentary that usually follows any type of plague, uh, famine, contamination, you know, contagion style film, you know, we always look at them for answers, um, you know, um, metaphorical, symbolic, you know, whatever. Uh, hopefully not literal answers because you're not going to get them because movie magic is a little bit different than reality, folks. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting subgenre of horror and I enjoy it. Um, in some cases, you know, because we all have a dark streak, I know myself and a lot of people, we all kind of like sometimes like the ones that don't end well. <laughs> Again, going back to like Planet of the Apes, you know, and stuff or, or uh, you know, 
like in my case, I'm a huge Romero zombie fan. So, I mean, the desolation, the, the, the unhappy endings that occur in all three of the original uh, Romero living dead films is fucking great. I just, it's awful. You know, it's like, well, well, I, except for, except for uh day of the dead, day of the dead is kind of hopeful because you, you have your three main characters end up on a, on a tropical Island and they're just making the best of it. You know, they're fishing, you know, they're, they, they managed to escape the, the horror and you know what, they're just, and I think that's really the, the big, the big, you know, the, at the end of it all, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, uh, you know, we're just trying to make it, we're just trying to get by, you know, either together or alone We're we're all just trying to, trying to make it, uh, you know, make it a little bit farther every day despite yeah. all this. And, you know, so I perform a lot in regional community theater. Um, and a lot of my, my friends that are actually paid actors, um, a couple that were at a national tour, a couple that work on, um, work on Broadway, um, either behind the scenes or on stage. Um, a lot of my singer songwriter friends, uh, you know, just musical, musical friends that, that count on these gigs to support them. Um, they're all out of work. They're all, you know, whatever. And somehow still, we're finding ways to band together um, Saturday night, um, which will be, you know, before or it'll ha- it'll have happened already by the time you hear this episode, but we'll be joining um, forces together and we're going to be doing a, a live reading of our town on the same platform that Donnie and I used to record our podcast, which is zoom. And, you know, it's just a way for us to come together and, you know, kind of just forget about things for a while, because that's why we perform as, you know, as actors and singers and whatever, is that, you know, we love giving people an escape for a little while and kind of, you know, same thing with Donnie and I with the podcast. It's uh, with you and I in the podcast, Donnie. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a way to get away from, um, from things because you know what, you know, sometimes life sucks, you know, life sucks, wear a helmet was always my motto. Um, but you know, you, you try to, you, you try to find the good, you try to make things better. Um, you know, I'll, I'll also be joining up with a couple of my, my singing theater friends, not so much actor friends. And we're going to be doing, um, just kind of a sing along. We're all going to get together in a zoom room, you know, maybe 20 of us, 25 of us, hopefully, uh, and just sing along to what we want to sing along to. And, you know, it, it sounds stupid. It sounds naive. It sounds, uh, you know, like soft, but it, it gives people hope. It really does. Um, you know, my, my friends are out there now doing live gigs on Zoom and, and hoping for, you know, some, some Venmo money or, you know, somebody to throw them a couple bucks. And, you know, I, I, I sat there and watched one of my good friends, Jesse Rubin, the other night. We watched a live show by him last uh, Friday. And... I saw so many people that were watching and just not like I went into his Venmo and I don't think everybody was contributing. And I'm sitting there in my head going, wait a second. You know, if you went out and saw him live, you would pay, you know, I, you know, he's probably 10, 15, 20, 25 bucks at the most. And like pay for a ticket, you know, throw him some cash. I mean, this is, this is a person that's doing it not only because he loves it, but because he loves you guys. And, you know, it's, it's annoying when I, when I don't see that, that genuine, you know, uh, spreading, spreading the, the, the wealth or whatever you want to call it, paying it forward. I was out in, um, I was out at, 
the pizza place last week getting a slice of pizza and the kids were out there from the, the local cub scout troop and they were selling their uh their candy bars whatever and i don't really eat candy bars all that much so and i didn't have cash on me because i don't carry cash but i went in the pizza place screwed up my order not to make a to make a long story short too late, too late. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, he overcharged me for something. He had to give me $3.50 back. So I went outside and I talked to the kids and I said, listen, I'm going to do something here. And I eat, I gave them all the $3.50. I said, now that should pay for at least one candy bar. What I want you to do is find somebody that, you know, couldn't maybe afford a candy bar or whatever. And I want you to pick somebody and I want you to give them that candy bar. I said, do you know what that's called? And the, the, they kind of looked at me like, uh, and the parents behind them were smiling. They had like this big beam of smile on their face. And I said, it's called paying it forward. And that's what you do. You pay it forward. Whether, you know, you're in line at, at the coffee shop and someone in front of you doesn't have the money, or you just feel gracious that day, pay for the person's coffee behind you or whatever. There have been so many things like that. So many examples of that, even in normal times where people come together and do things like that. And I just think it's awesome. And I am so proud of my creative community, my artistic community, the people that, you know, I love, uh, people like Donnie, people like, you know, uh, my theater friends, my music friends, everybody coming together to do something for the common good. Because you know what? I really think with this thing, it's probably going to get a little bit worse, if not a lot worse before it gets better. Um, you know, we have seniors out there that are graduating from college and high school that have lost all of their senior year now. Uh, my youngest daughter is one of them. She's not going to have a prom. She's not going to have a graduation walk. Um, and it, it, it's devastating. And people say, oh, yeah, well, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. But it is. It really is because they have waited and worked so long for this kind of thing. And now it's not going to happen. And these are memories that we have as, you know, as people, you know, Donnie has memories like that from his childhood. I have memories like that from my childhood. I remember my graduation, um, you know, not knowing that I wasn't going to graduate. I didn't know I wasn't, I didn't know if I was going to graduate until like three o'clock that afternoon. It was terrifying, (laughs) but, um, but still these are memories that are created. And so don't say it's not a big deal because it is a big deal. But again, I'm just so happy that so many people are coming together and, 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 you know, just binding each other. It's the common ties that bind the ties that bind ran over. (laughs) I see Donnie and, and breaking down this fourth wall again, Donnie's in the video right now and his cat, which one is that? That's Majin. Majin is behind him. And, you know, I just see the cat like, hello, I'm on the R&D project. I am magnificent. <laughs> Look at me. Here's my anus. <laughs> she's, she's a sweetheart. Oh, my she's, oh, a, uh, she's such a sweet. She cuddles with me all the time. She's such a sweetie. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't know how to be a bad kitty at all. I wasn't, I wasn't really a, a huge cat person before Gina. And I love... All my cats. I mean, I really do. I really do. They can be, I, like I said, I have I, one cat was an asshole when he was younger, but he's grown into just an amazing cat, an amazing young man. That's Obsidian. And then we have Emma who came into our life. Um, you know, Emma um, yep. came into our life on fr- a Friday, the 13th of all days. And um, she, she has become the most demonic of all cats. It's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. But so back to back to the pandemic movies. Yeah, we've 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 gone way off track. Hey, you know what? I mean, that's kind of what this episode is about. It's no, about no, two. It's, you know, 
you know, two buddies coming coming together. You know, I, I said it to you earlier, Donnie, today. Getting back to a little bit of our roots sure. and you know why we decided to do this. Um, basically, talking about shit we love. Um, and you know, yes, should there be a rhyme or a reason? Absolutely. Um, but like episodes like this, times like this, they call for something you know a little bit different. Sure. But I mean, and know, we're 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 still kind of talking about you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, our, our normal subject themes. We're just peppering it with other stuff. It's I mean, this is legitimately the, and it's not, it's not terror. It's not fright. Um, well, maybe it's a little bit of fright, but being out there all day, every day and fighting an enemy or being around an enemy that you can't see. Right. Um, you know, it's like, as soon as they said, and don't touch your face, immediately my face starts itching and I have to like touch my face every five seconds. What really um, sucks for me is um, I, I am a uh, chronic uh, nail biter. Um, I was. And of, course, and of course, one of the things that they're like, I've, I've, I've been a chronic nail biter since I was a young child. I can't, I can't quit. I just, I just can't. Can't quit um, you. Uh, I've tried many different methods. I just, I can't stop. Uh, I, I do it especially when I'm nervous or when I'm, I'm stressed out. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm very, very super self-conscious about it right now because one of the things they're like, wash your hands, don't put your, you know, put your hands on your face or in your mouth. And I'm like, here I am like chewing on my fingernail going, wait, well, what'd you say? Oh, 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 oh shit. Yeah, no, I, let me, let me get that out of my mouth there. Let me, let me, let me. <laughs> Let me get that figure out of my mouth. It's like, uh, what have I done? What have I done? But I mean, on the plus side, you know, really, as a, you know, ever since this whole thing started last week, um, or a week or so ago, um, I mean, because I pretty much, I pretty much live on my own, you know, pretty much by myself here in, in Hampton. Um, I go to work, you know, and everything. But for the most part, I pretty much keep to myself. I have my two cats. I don't really. Uh, I don't really have uh, really anybody that I hang out with around here. Uh, I, I guess I've kind of become a, a reclusive hermit of sorts. Um, so in that regard, I, I, I'm I'm probably going to be pretty safe, um, you know. And I, I I am taking the precautions. I am washing my hands and blah blah blah. I'm doing all that stuff. Um, and the other thing, as I, I actually was thinking too, is um, I was reading an article about this the other day. You know, because the the restaurant industry is getting hit really, really hard by this, um, yes. and, and and some some restaurants may not recover when we come out of this. Uh, some we we may find ourselves a few chains or even mom and pop stores, especially. You know, if you have any if you have any local mom and pop places, I don't know how it is in Jersey, but here's how it is in Virginia right now. So restaurants in the Virginia area are closed for dine in, but they are keeping a a uh, a skeletal staff on hand and are allowing for deliveries or to go orders or takeouts or whatever. That's sort of the um, same here. I don't think we're allowing deliveries like Grubhub and um, those, those type things have stopped, but you can really drive through is, is okay. I think Grubhub we're, has stopped. We're, 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 we're still allowing Grubhub and deliveries here for the time being. Um, but yeah, takeout orders and everything. So, you know, definitely one of the things that I want to do um, is I want to try to do my best. Because, I mean, obviously, optimally for your own health, buy your food, you know, limit yourself to, you know, exposure as much as possible. But we all got to buy food. We all, all got to go to the grocery store, otherwise we can't eat. 
uh, stay at home, cook your own food and stuff. But at the same time, like I did, I did this last weekend. I, um, I, I, I bought a, I bought a food for, for most of my meals, but then I ended up turning around and like basically going and, and getting like drive through or getting takeout or whatever to at least try to support because right now that's all they're subsisting on. They're, otherwise they're just, they're not going to survive. Um, and I did just see, so I, I gave some misinformation. They were going to stop. They did not stop. So Grubhub, uh, okay. Grubhub in New Jersey is still around. And well, um, I know, I know the delivery people and stuff have, you know, have been uh, at least around here have been uh, notified, you know, th- th- with, with certain precautions they can take, you know, to limit exposure and stuff. Um, you know, they, they, they have promised that you can't get COVID-19 uh, through ingesting, you know, food, um, you know, it, 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 you can't get it, uh, through your, your, uh, through your gastrointestinal tract. Um, and in most cases, as long as people are, you know, doing their, their, you know, their due diligence, um, food is cooked to kill viruses and all sorts of bacteria and shit. So, um, they, 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 you know, they, they, they fire that shit up really super hot. So, um, this should be no problem. Um, you know, uh, your results may vary. You know, you, if you want to be a little bit more, uh, careful, that's fine. Um, I mean, I, I mean, see, we're all trying, well, we're not all trying to be careful. Those goddamn spring breakers down in fucking Florida are not fucking being. Did you, did you watch that video that everybody's watched, been talking about? I watched a video. I don't know if it's the video, but I, I've, I've actually watched a couple different videos of just spring breakers just fucking packed to the gills. It's ridiculous. And it is all, ridiculous. They're all like, oh, well. And I mean, literally talking like this. Oh, well, well you know, I'm not oh, going to get it. If I get it, I get it. I don't right. care, I'm just going to drink. Uh, the only Corona I'm worried about is my Corona with the lime. And, you know, it, the girls all talking like I don't, valley girls out of the 70s. Um, you know, I mean, these are kids, these are kids that are, that are my kids, my two oldest age. Um, and I flipped out because my youngest daughter, Emily, the one that I just said, boo hoo hoo about her senior year, decided that she was going to go to Daytona beach with 10 of her closest friends. No! And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I tore into her. I was not very pleased. Um, you know, again, it's we get a, a false sense of security when we hear about you know this virus jumping and mutating and blah 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 but it's only affecting the elderly and the infirmed the people with with weak immune systems of which Not anymore right exactly mm-hmm. so there was an article today on multiple different news outlets so you don't think i'm being biased um but multiple different places reported that 25 to 44 year olds are making up a large population of this infected, you know, the ones that are getting really affected by it. We have 40 year olds on ventilators with no underlying conditions. That shit's scary. That's real. That's not, you know, in a script somewhere. I saw, um, I saw a news report today, uh, linked from like a local, um, a local news, uh, webpage or whatever. Um, an eight year old got it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a, we have a five-year-old. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hitting kids now. It's not, and when, when this first started, we all were like, Oh, ha ha. It's the old people's there. The, the, the mother earth is trying to call out all the crusty old people off the planet because they're ruining it. 
they're like, ah, oh, ha, ha. But now children are getting it because yep. we originally thought the children were immune and they're not. Well, and that's what happens with a virus. It's why we are, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. It, I mean, that's what it's there to do. Um, what's funny is the virus, no virus wants to kill you because if a virus kills you, what happens? It, it can't sustain itself anymore. Right. The virus dies then. But the, the kids, uh, for the most part, um, they're, they're carrying it. Um, a lot of them are not showing symptoms. And then what's right. happening is they're all getting together in play dates, uh, you know, out at the park, they just closed all the local parks around us, which is very weird. Um, you know, when you get that alert, all local parks are closed until further notice, ah! you know? So, you know, it was really weird. So yesterday and today I come home from work. I live in a, I live in a small, uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, for those of you, for those of you who are still listening, who who have stuck around, uh, you know, uh, and 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 didn't like uh, get pissed and run off after our uh, our get off my lawn. Uh, they uh, socially distance distance yeah. themselves. <laughs> yeah, if we haven't pissed anybody else off. Anybody who stuck around. Uh, I live in a uh, a condo community, um, so basically the 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 road in it's like a racetrack. So. Um, so it's like a round, you know, I live, I live, there are a bunch of us townhouses where, you know, where we have a, uh, we have a condo committee that, you know, basically a, a housing authority or whatever you want to call it that we have to deal with, which sucks, whatever. But, um, so like for, you know, for pretty much most of this winter, you know, everybody's been staying indoors and whatever. It wasn't even really that warm. I think it got up in the fifties yesterday. I come home yesterday and I don't know what happened, but like the entire neighborhood is out. They're like outside, kids playing basketball, like people like hanging out with you. I'm like, aren't we supposed to be closing ourselves? What what's happening right now? And then of course today it got up into the 80s, like I said, 86 degrees here in, in Hampton, Virginia. Same thing. I come home, and I'm like, you know, we're we're at the point right now where you know people are starting to get sent home from work to telework or whatever. Yeah. You know, we're we're you know, the, the whole, um, social distancing and isolation is, is in full effect where, you know, I come home once again, my entire neighborhood is out people talking to each other, you know, like really close together, like kids playing basketball. And I was like, all right, did I miss something here? What the fuck? I'm just like, I get out of my car. I just grab my, my backpack. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go in my house because, uh, fuck a bunch of this. <laughs> I, I really, I really think that if people would just assume like we're, we have to at work every day because we're in people's houses and businesses, we have to assume that everybody's got it, which is a weird thing to do. Um, you know, so even the guys in the garage, you know, when we go in in the morning, you know, we've been we've been mandated that we're really not even supposed to hang around the garage and talk to each other. Right. Um, which is another, you know, it's another strange thing, because like if I'm having a problem somewhere, I can always say, hey, you know, Jose or hey, Tim, come out and help me or whatever. Um, or were you at this person's house the other day or yada, yada, yada. But I am going a, a, about my day pretty much assuming that everybody has it. And I, I've probably, I'm not, you know, not to, to frighten myself even more, but I've probably been exposed to it already because now we have um, multiple cases in areas where I work. Um, you know, yes, this thing has not gone really airborne, um, although it could. 
Um, you know, they were talking about that. The CDC was talking about that because people asked the question, it could go airborne. And if it goes airborne, well, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot more people that get it. Um, we're seeing the numbers jump up drastically because now we have testing all over the United States. We have drive-through testing and whatnot. I mean, it's really eerie to drive, drive down the road. Right. It's really eerie to drive by the road and see people like in hazmat suits waiting in tented areas for you to come by and have a swap stuck in your. In oh your my God. So now, so now you got me thinking about uh, Cloverfield. Yes. Um, which I know, I know I love Cloverfield. Cloverfield is, uh, is definitely uh, one of my favorites. Um, so it's a little, little information about me. Um, I always have, a, I always have a hard time trying to explain this. Uh, but so this is something I discovered probably when I was in my late teens, but, um, I, I don't know if it's exactly a fear or a phobia, but giant, like unusually like giant things wig me the fuck out. Uh, so like now granted, like the old Godzilla movies didn't really do that for me because you could tell it was a man in a suit, but, um, Jaws. Jaw, like, 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 and Jaws doesn't even really count either because it's it's just a it's just a, a a giant great white. But like you, you take something that should be like a normal size, and you blow it up like a thousand times its size, and you put it like in a situation where it's like out there, like it'll it, it like I get I get wigged the fuck out. The thing is, is at the same time that I'm wigging the fuck out, I'm also um I'm also getting a rush from that fear. Right. So I'm scared. So in, in essence, I'm terrified of, of unusually giant things, but I also get off on it. <laughs> yeah. So, so that said, when I went to go see Cloverfield, which I love, I love the Cloverfield movie. I really, really do. Um, when that monster first showed up, you know, basically, you know, tearing, you know, those big skyscrapers in the middle of New York, I, I lost my breath. I, I almost started hyper. I was like, I, I was like, I was like, cause it just, because it looks so real and it was right there. And like, and I think, I think in my subconscious, I think what it is is I think I'm, my brain is having a hard time trying to reconcile with how small I feel at that moment. Like, like just like my own, my own existence just feels so minuscule in comparison to this giant thing that should not be this size. Uh, or something. I don't know. I, I I haven't had time to talk about this in therapy yet, so I haven't gotten and, to, I haven't and, gotten to that chapter of my life. But and, it's um. But it it is something. And so, but I but at the same time, when I'm freaking out, I'm also getting a rush from it. It's really a weird thing. I don't know what I don't know if there's a name for it or whatever. But um. But I really so you. But anyway, long story short, too late. You're talking about the whole um Cloverfield, but there's that scene in Cloverfield where you have the little parasites that are hanging, uh, that are clinging to the giant creature, uh, the giant chlorophyll monster, and they're dropping off as it's, you know, running through these buildings and stuff, and they're running around and they're, you know, attacking people on their own. And, of course, one of the main characters, Marlena, um, she uh, ends up getting bit. And what you find out is, like, there's some type of enzyme or some type of parasite in the bite that causes her blood to uh, basically swell up and it causes her to explode. 
Um, so when you said that, it reminded me like they took him into the into the tents and everything. And of course, she's not feeling very well. Also, you see blood starting to come out of her eyes, and then you're like, "Oh my god, oh, she's gonna go!" And then they, all, they boom. Twinkies do that to me. What's that? Twinkies do that to me. Giant Twinkies. Giant Twinkies. Yes. Yes. Twinkie. It's funny because when we were just talking last week about uh, Leprechaun, and there's that one scene in Leprechaun where the the uh, the lady he makes her lips get bigger oh, and yeah, it yeah. makes her ass get bigger, and then she explodes. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit, we don't get to do this that often, but this is breaking news, which you guys will, it will not be breaking by the time you see it. But, um, 18 minutes ago, California's governor ordered all 40 million residents to stay home. So California is officially on lockdown the whole entire state. So yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty freaky. Um, the, the, the shit that's going on around here. Yeah, no kidding. But I pulled up this um this article. It's from Glamour.com. <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah. So that, it's I, you can definitely trust that article. Well, yes. It's the 21 best pandemic movies of this writer's, you know, or the, the 21 best. Uh, I think this article. Yeah, I guess it's pandemic movies. But, you know, it's not all really pandemic, pandemic. Um, but we have The Happening. Um, oh, oh no! Oh no! That, this, <laughs> you leave you this, leave this, Mark this, Wahlberg alone. <laughs> this article is 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 complete horseshit from the get go. The happening is horrible. I actually like it the is, happening. It it is it is it is popularly known to be one of the worst M Night Shyamalan films of all time. It is awful. It's it, I don't trust this article at all now. Well, we're gonna go further, <laughs> which is this is one of my favorite zombie movies ever. Warm bodies. I love this fucking movie. I love Warm Bodies. Love yeah, it. That's actually not a bad film. It's it's interesting because I wouldn't say it's the first one to do this, but it was one of the 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 first films where there's a cure for the zombie uh, right. for zombieism, which makes no sense because if your body's dead and, and 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 in a decaying state, how the fuck do you cure that? That's true. Still a great movie. No, it, no, it is. It's good because it's 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 really not about that at all. It's it's a love story at the end of it all. The day after tomorrow, global warming. Not really a pandemic. No, but a pandemic. I love the day after tomorrow. I liked the day after t- tomorrow. I liked the day after tomorrow until, um, until they got to the scene where they were able to 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 outrun flash freezing. Yes, yeah, and then it was like, <laughs> "How the fuck?" No, I, I checked out at that. That that was my Ghostbusters two Statue of Liberty moment for me. In the day after tomorrow, I was like, "You're you're able to outrun flash freezing." Well, how did you yeah, do no. with Armageddon though? Blowing up the asteroid? Did you did you go for that? Uh, the the suspension of disbelief was uh, I was easy enough on that one. Um, I still I I love Steve Buscemi in that movie. Well, Steve Buscemi's the best part of that movie. Yes. Like so good. Yeah. I mean, exactly. granted, uh, Owen Wilson's another good one too. Like, yeah, he's good in that movie. But Steve Buscemi, yeah, when he starts losing it, when he starts getting space dementia, yes, and he just yeah. starts losing his shit. Yeah, he's he's fucking hilarious in that movie. But it, I Armageddon is one of those Michael Bay films that it's it's complete junk food. It. It's 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 not even like great junk food, but it's it's still tasty junk food. 
and I I will I love it. I love Armageddon. I I really really do. I love that movie to death. It's 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 complete hogwash, but no, here- uh, it's just it's there's just enough. It's it's got a lot of fun to it. I and I think really uh, I think the actors. I think the cast yes helps make that movie enjoyable. Absolutely, even Ben Affleck. <laughs> and you know, I haven't I haven't done this in a long time, but for some reason it popped up in my head. Um, whenever I hear that, well, when it used to be, I, I, not anymore until just now for some reason, but it used to be whenever anybody said the name Ben Affleck, it reminded me of that Saturday Night Live skit. You remember Mango with Chris Kattan? Oh, yes. Played, like, yeah. Like, I am Mango. And, and like, every, and, and everybody would always like fall in love with Mango. But, you know, he's basically like this, this quirky little like dancing guy, um, you know, and everything. And so usually the main, whoever was hosting this show would end up falling in love with Mango and make, you cannot have this. And he would slap his ass all the time and everything. Yep. <laughs> like, such, such as Mango and everything. Um, there was an episode of SNL where Ben Affleck was the host. Oh. And it was a Mango sketch. And Ben Affleck is playing himself. And uh, the assistant comes in and says, oh, Mango, uh, Ben Affleck is here to see you. And he goes, Ben Hoofleck? <laughs> <laughs> And for the longest time, it just stuck. Anytime somebody said Ben Affleck, I would automatically respond with a Ben Hoofleck. <laughs> and I haven't thought about that for years. But for some reason, when you said Ben Affleck just now, my brain immediately went Ben Hoofleck. Like without skipping a beat. It's so fucking hilarious. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine in that movie. You know, the, the movie was star-studded cast, blockbuster all the way, ship blew up all over the place. But Steve Buscemi, 100%. I mean, just, you know, brilliant. Um, the guy from uh, Herman's Head. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we talked about uh, in the uh, um, in the Groundhog Day episode. Yep, yep. He was in it. Um, yeah, I mean, so many so many people that are just, you know, absolutely. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, Michael, well, um, Michael Clark before Duncan. He did, uh, before he did the Green Mile. Green Mile. Yeah. Um, again, Owen Wilson. Um yeah, just a just a really um a really stellar cast. Um Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Um and of course you have that damned Aerosmith song that was playing on the radio like every five and minutes. I don't wanna miss a thing. You know what you know what you know what you know what doubly sucked about that? What's that? So I'm 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 an Aerosmith fan. I've I've liked Aerosmith ever since high school. I mean I you know, they've they've had some stinker uh songs and some stinker albums in their later years, but whatever. I think they're overall they're a very solid band still. Um but and I and I and and to some degree I do like that song. It just it got so fucking overplayed when that movie came out that summer. It was on every radio station. It was fucking getting played ad nauseum. I got to the point where I just got so sick of that goddamn song that I was like, you know what? I'm switching. And I and, and this is saying a lot coming from me. I switched over to a country station, and I hate country. And guess what? Oh, they did the some, country version. Some motherfucker at the same time did a country version of that goddamn song. And what did I hear when I switched over to the country station? Don't want to close my eyes. Yeah, that was um. Fall asleep, cause I'll miss you, baby. Oh, I'm like, oh my god, fuck! Who the hell did that song? Now, now you're gonna drive me I, up. A... I don't remember, and I don't care. Oh, <laughs> well, Mark Chess, Mark Chestnut did it. That's probably who it was. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know any of the country singers' names other than like the old. Like I know Johnny Cash, and I know Waylon Jennings, and 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 and, and Willie Nelson. Like See, I know the old. I know the old greats. I don't know any of the. 
shit from the last 20, 30 years. One of the, one of the points of discontent is in, in my household is that I love Liv Tyler and Gina does not. So she, Liv, Liv, Tyler, Liv Tyler is in a new show um, called uh, not Reno 911. That's totally different. Um, Lone Star, 911 Lone Star. And I, I don't know why I love Liv Tyler. I think it was because I loved her in that thing you do. I don't. You said 911 Lone Star, and for some reason in my head, I heard 911 OnStar, and I'm like, oh, so she plays one of those OnStar operators? <laughs> yeah, and then she goes, hi, this, this is Liv Tyler. Uh-huh. Everything I say is breathy. <laughs> but I loved her in that thing you do. But yeah, she is a very breathy actress, and she's so soft. And she talks like this all the time. But it's calming. Gina finds it annoying. (laughs) I'm indifferent to Liv Tyler. I don't think she's necessarily a good or a bad actress. Um, The first time I ever saw her, I remember it was was an Aerosmith video. Um, It was her and um, uh, what's her name? Um, The the blonde from, uh, she was Batgirl in uh, uh, Batman and Robin. Um, it was the two of them, like in the music video, it was an Aerosmith video. I think it was right after, it was, it was, it was not too long after, you know, Steven Tyler found out he had a daughter. Um, and, uh, that was the first time. Cause I remember like they, and then he, she ended up popping up in a few more Aerosmith videos. And the first movie I think I saw her in was, was it Empire Records? Mm, yes. I think Empire Records was the first movie. It might've been the first movie she did, but it was the first movie I remember seeing her in. And I remember I liked her in that movie. I thought she was really, really cute because she was, of course, wearing the Birkenstocks with the, with the, um, or the Doc Martens with the, with the plaid skirt and everything. Yep. Um, and, 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 and she hasn't been bad anything else, but I don't know. I just, I'm really indifferent to her. I just, I don't think she's good or bad. I think she's, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't want to, and I don't want to insult her and say that she's mediocre because I don't think she's that either. Because I think, you know, because I mean, she did a decent job in the Incredible Hulk and everything, but then again. I really liked. Um, oh my god, I, I'm forgetting names tonight. I really like what's her name from uh, Career Opportunities um, and our Labyrinth. Um, oh, Jennifer Connelly. Yes, Jennifer I, I really, I really like Jennifer Connelly's performance as uh, as Betty uh, in Hulk. Uh, even though I'm not a big fan of Ang Lee's Hulk uh, for for many other reasons, but I did love Jennifer Connelly in Ang Lee's Hulk. And I felt, in comparison, I was not a fan of Liv Tyler's version of Betty. <laughs> uh, in comparison, because I was like, because you're looking at this A-list actress who has done these really amazing, wonderful performances, and then you have Liv Tyler, who's not done as many A-list performances. She does more B work or or whatever, you know. But although I will say this, I did like her in Jersey Girl. Um, yes. she was good in Jersey Girl. Um, coming back around to Ben Hufleck, um, <laughs> she was good in Jersey Girl. I did like her in that. And, and, and in fact, Jersey Girl is an underrated gem of a of a film. Yep. Um, most people uh, demolished the film because of of what happened with Gigli, uh when Ben Affleck and J Lo were together. Uh, even though J Lo dies, like spoiler alert, ten minutes into the film, it's not really about them at all. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, it's them again!" There's another Gigli. and so. You know, ever you know that 
Jersey Girl got an, got uh, got treated unfairly. It's actually a really, really good, very heartwarming, very touching film. George Carlin. Um, George. Oh my God, George Carlin. It was one of his last film roles too, before he yep. passed away. Yep. Um, George Carlin is. Uh, I'm so used to George Carlin being funny up until that point. Seeing him do those dramatic scenes where he's like laying his heart on the line, and he just—I was like, "Oh my god, you! Yeah. I want you to be my grandfather. What the fuck?" Um, anyway, we're—we've digressed. We—we are so far from That's the point fine. of this whole episode. We'll, we'll go back to the list. We're gonna go back to the list. This All right, next let's go back one, to the list. This next one is—we we should probably start winding down soon, anyway. Yes, this next one is a movie that I love the book a lot, hate the movie, World War Z. I haven't read the book. I've only seen the movie, and I didn't even care for the movie. So, nope. then we have the Andromeda Strain. Andromeda Strain's a good one. Yep, I've only seen that once. I saw it a long, long time ago. Same here. Uh, oh, you're right about this list. Um, I am Legend. So I will. I I, I take your I am Legend. I am Legend, and I counter with any other adaptation of that story yes <laughs> omega man yep um uh with charlton heston um the the woman vincent price last man on earth uh i i will i will counter that with any other version of that story because they are so much better yes um, partly because of the fact that uh what really, what kind of pisses me off about I Am Legend is, I, I, and I Am Legend is the only one out of all those adaptations that actually uses the book's original title, which points for that. Correct. The problem is, is they did exactly what the other adaptations did, but even worse is uh, they actually, and, and what really sucks in this case is I Am Legend actually filmed the proper ending that was in the book. Where... Yep. Because, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, I Am Legend uh, with, uh, Will, with Will Smith that came out a few years ago, um, Omega Man with Charlton Heston, uh, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. These are all movies that are based on the book I Am Legend, which is about a guy who lives in an apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, he's being hunted by vampires um, or, 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 or zombies or whatever, you know, whatever adaptation they use, uh, or just, you know, uh, uh, mutated, uh, people who basically eat blood or eat people or drink blood or whatever, or eat flesh. Uh, he's on his own and, you know, he's trying to find a cure, uh, for it and everything. Um, most of the adaptations, um, just have it so that he ends up getting killed at the end. Like he basically, you know, he, he tries his best to drive them out. He loses the end. Uh, you know, basically they, they win. But the, here's the thing. Here's the trick. And here's what I love about the story, but hate that no adaptation has the balls to, to pull this off. The reason why it's called I Am Legend is that, and again, this is like a, this is like a, 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 a Planet of the Apes, you know, um, a Twilight Zone style twist. You find out that the main character, be it Will Smith or Vincent Price or whatever, they are a legend amongst the vampiric people because he has been killing them. He has basically been slaughtering them uh, just in, in large numbers. And so he is now a legend. He is now, he's the boogeyman. He's the Baba Yaga of the, of the vampire peoples in, in this story. And so he is actually, you find out later on that he's actually the real threat. He is actually the real monster. I Am Legend filmed this ending 
And then they pulled it at the last minute and went with the bullshit ending that all the other ones have done, which really pisses me off because I'm like, you actually did this. You could have been the ones to salvage this movie and have the balls to do the proper twist. Um, that said, um, Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price and Omega Man with Charlotte Heston are still very good films uh, because they're well-written and they have great character actors uh, to portray the main character and, and stuff. But... Um, yeah, I Am Legend was mostly a letdown. So I, I, I count your I Am Legend with either of those two versions. And finally, finally, we'll go to the seminal 1995 classic starring uh, the beautiful Renee Russo. I love Renee Russo. And Gaylord Fokker's father, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Outbreak. Outbreak. That was a classic. I remember when that first came out. That was like... That was like at the height of the disaster. Mo- like there was this huge resurgence in disaster movies. Cause remember like in the seventies, like late sixties, early seventies, disaster movies became a thing. Poseidon adventure airport 77. Uh, you know, there was all these disaster movies and they kind of went away for a while. Uh, yep. Especially after airplane parodied uh, airport 77. <laughs> um, but then suddenly like in the nineties, disaster movies started coming back into the fold. You had your, uh, you know, you had your uh, Armageddon and also, um, and you had like, um, oh shit, now I'm, I'm, now I'm, I'm blanking on them. Uh, you had your, like, your, not your Dante's Peak, but the, the one with the fucking volcano. There was, there was the one with Pierce Brosnan. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so all these different disaster movies were suddenly starting to pop up again and become really huge. And I think Outbreak was basically like, like the, the the viral contagion one that came out right around that time because everybody was doing some type of fucking global disaster, um, and everything. But again, I get, it's it's these things come in waves. They come in cycles. Um, Absolutely. You know any type of any type of horror subgenre, you'll 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 see resurgences over you know uh, over over a course of a certain period of time. I agree, and you know so to to wrap to wrap things up. I yeah, would we should start winding down. <laughs> I I can I can say that without a doubt, I think my two and I'm 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 not discounting zombie movies, but I'm going with what I view as, you know, my favorite like pandemic like illness, blah 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 movies. And they would be what I what I what I bookended with. That would be the stand and that would be outbreak. Um two two well stand is probably in my top five movies of all time, maybe. Um, I, I always, it's funny because when I list my top five movies, I always end up forgetting about that one. And it's weird because like when it pops back into my head, I'm like, Oh my God, that I just, I love that movie. And now that I've been, you know, revisiting it this past week, um, it, it's right back up there fresh in my head. And outbreak outbreak was one of the, uh, the first t- pandemic type movies that I saw in the movie theater. And I, I just loved it. I love the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I it, it now there are a lot of people that say well good I'm glad that he died that way in the movie now but back then we didn't know but Kevin Spacey's death broke my heart in that movie <laughs> it just broke my heart now now it just now it's like he didn't get bad enough <laughs> replace him with Christopher Plummer please exactly. <laughs> they should just go back and CGI Christopher Plummer's face into that Please, sir. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And zombie movies, I mean, during this time, go out and, you know, just watch the fuck out of some zombie movies. I, that, that's the best that I could tell you. Because I'll tell you what, the other day when, when this really first started ramping up, um, it, it's two weeks ago Wednesday for us out here in Jersey, I think. Um, <clears throat> and it feels like it's been 10 years. But like a basketball game, a basketball tournament shut down in the middle of it. Uh, and then the NBA stopped its season and Major League Baseball and golf, the Masters got canceled. And I, I said this in an episode uh, two weeks ago that, you know, it, it felt like I was going to drive by a graveyard and see like some zombie hands coming up or yeah, see the pigeon, the, the pigeon toad man from, you know, Night of the Living Dead. Um, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Look, there's one now. Stop it, Johnny. You're ignorant. Which is a friend of Donnie's. Well, I, a, uh, not a friend of Donnie. Well, I guess O'Day. maybe a friend. Yeah. Here's O'Day, yeah. <clears throat> I, I worked with her uh, on a film. She's really, really sweet. And raunchy, uh, right? Dirty? Not, not... He, he has a dirty sense of humor that yes. you wouldn't expect to come out of somebody, you know, who came out of the 50s. Um, <laughs> in the 60s. Um, but she has a very filthy sense of humor, and I love it to death because it's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, and, and the other the other offshoot movie that really is an end of the world, but you know, for someone like me, it is end of the world. Watch uh, during this time going on. Watch Arachnophobia. <laughs> oh my god! So I actually do. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a phobia of spiders, but I do not like spiders. Like yeah, I. No. Like, if I find one crawling on me, I will do that fucking freaked out, like, ah, like, weird dance that looks like some bad karate being, you know, going yeah, on. Absolutely. Um, I, but, yeah, and yet my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. I don't, I, go figure. I don't know. Exactly. Um, but I like arachnophobia, but I cringe. I, my butthole is clenched the entire time I watch arachnophobia. Or because I, I will, I will watch spider like 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 horror movies. I don't have a problem. Like, well, I mean, I do have a problem with it. But again, I like the, um, and so and of course, you know, movies are safe. Even even if you know suddenly you know you're paranoid at three a.m. when you're sleeping in bed and you have something that's crawled across your foot. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, my so this is the entire time. This is uh, the, the true story of arachnophobia for me. So this movie came out in 1990. Um, it came out in July, which is a little bit after my birthday. My friends blindfolded me and took me to, they were taking me out. I had no idea where I was going from the beginning of the car ride the to the end of like the car bad, ride. The story sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. So they blindfolded me. They left me blindfolded through in the, entire op- the entire opening title shot of the movie and like oh, sat me down. And like, then they took off the blindfold. I knew I was in a movie theater. I didn't know what I was seeing. Um, in fact, I don't even think that I knew that arachnophobia was playing um, because I wouldn't have gone and seen it. And I am a huge spider phobe. I don't mind them when they're big. Like a big spider, I can deal with because I know that I can like move. I can see it. It's always like there. I can see it. Um, the little ones, they really, really freak me out. So off comes the blindfold. And like, I'm in this, you know, this scene in the beginning where the fucking goddamn spider falls from the tree and yeah. And I think I might've shit my pants. 
I mean, it was that bad. And I like literally got to go up and my buddy, like Jeremy, grabbed my arm and he's holding my arm down and he's laughing his ass off. And I sat there, I watched the movie. I was like literally petrified the whole time. When it came out on, on, uh, on VHS, I ended up buying it because I needed to see it again for some reason. And since then, it's become one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's one of those movies where, you know what, if viruses don't get us, maybe spiders will. But anywho, so that's, that is our pandemic, you know, end of the world. Let's make us feel better. Well, 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 hold on a second. Uh, I'm going back to you. I I haven't had a chance to give mine yet. Um, so, um, so my, my, I guess, what do we, what'd you do? Your two favorite pandemic? I did. All right. So. This is going to be a weird one because I just remembered one that I that I had totally forgotten existed, and it was one that I didn't like initially. But upon revisiting, I find that it's quite entertaining. Um, so I, I've already mentioned before, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I I consider a Contagion movie. It's happening in the background, which I think is the is is the beauty of it uh, or or the gloriousness of it because you know in the forefront, it's about a guy who basically, you know, is trying to create a, 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 me- a medication to combat his grandfather or his dad's Alzheimer's. Um, and so they're using chimpanzees uh, to test it on. Of course, it's making them super smart and everything. Caesar being the main character of the, of the, the film. Um, but in the background, you know, you find out that this, you know, this formula, this, it, you know, because it's, ba- it's viral based uh, actually has a negative impact on humans. And it's basically, it causes them to, you know, basically like blood and shit coming out of their faces. And it, it, it causes bad things to happen to them and they die quickly. Um, and like I said, if you watch during the closing credits, you, you're, you're watching a map of, of the world and you're watching how it's spreading across and just killing people left and right to the point there. By the time you get to the next uh, movie in the, in the series, uh, the only humans that are left are the ones that were immune and there aren't very many left. And so that's how you get to that point. Um, so I will say one rise of the planet of the apes. It's definitely one of my favorite contagion movies. Uh, and it's, it's a secret contagion movie. The other one. And again, I just remember, I just remind, remembered this movie. I didn't like it when I first saw it in theaters, but I thought it was really weird. Cabin fever. Yes. Cabin fever. Yep. Flesh eating bacteria or virus or whatever only the first one yeah only the first one the rest of them are the the makeup effects are a phenomenal the when fucking uh what's her name when you see her teeth like when her face is like rotting off and i was like oh my god like i cabin fever is the other one i didn't like that movie when i first saw it in theaters um, I think it was because that it, because it really used it really leaned hard on like gonzo style uh, filmmaking for a lot of those scenes that that pancake kid really freaked me the fuck out I'm like what is this like what kind of tone are you trying to strike here um, uh, if, but you know I think what is it it's Eli Roth's uh, I think Eli Roth directed that movie so that makes a lot of sense so like you know Eli Roth has a very specific style he's very like way over the top has a lot of really weird uh, director director decisions that he makes with his films um, so I remember like that pancake kid frequently. I was like, what, what kind of tone are you trying to strike here? Cause it, it, cause like tonally the movie just felt like it was all over the place when I first watched it. 
But I revisited it probably maybe like six, seven years ago. Um, and I actually found myself liking it upon rewatching, kind of like what you did with uh, We Are Still Here. Um, and I found myself going, oh, my God, you know what? This is actually kind of fun. It's just it's fun. It's batshit insane. Uh, I love the Pancake Kid. Uh, for anyone who isn't familiar, uh, this weird kid comes out of the store uh, and yells, Pancake, Pancake, and then like karate kicks a dude and then bites him. It's fucking weird as shit. Um, but yeah, I think cabin fever is probably the other contagion movie that I really, really like. I've really come around on that one. And like I said, it's just, it's so much fun. Uh, everybody's just bat shit insane. Uh, and like I said, the gore effects are really great. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. I, um, I think we've gone, speaking of being all over the place, I think we've definitely gone all over the place. Um, I think we've, uh, probably infected all of you with our insanity uh in yeah. this episode that's what we love uh, to do but but there is still hope leonard bernstein will 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 come back and take us all home everybody i promise you that i promise you leonard bernstein is the secret of our salvation he will come back he will save us from our own damnation leonard bernstein there's a place for us. <laughs> Leonard Bernstein! <laughs> so, I, <clears throat> I'm i going to do something that I, I normally don't do, but I, I guess I need some practice. No, leave um, your pants on, please. <laughs> they can't see me. They can't see me. <laughs> I can. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I'm going to, and, and, and indulge me in this and you could shut off the podcast at this point if you want, but I hope you don't do that because there is a, there is a piece by someone we mentioned it a little bit earlier and his name is George Carlin. And it is a wonderful, wonderful soliloquy, so to speak on the current state of affairs. And it it's funny. It's, it's, relevant it's all of those things so harlan's always relevant yes so i'm going to read this bit and it's probably going to be a few minutes so just bear with me and just remember this as as you go along your your daily routine as you go along and and help everybody else out and you know carry on your lives the way we're supposed to um help your fellow neighbor don't worry you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world as we know it. Um, I I think I feel fine. I think we're going to come out of this different. I think we're going to come out of this better. Um, I think this might have just been the reset button that maybe we all needed. So all of those, uh, all of those things. Um, so I'm going to leave you with this. Donnie, do you have anything left to say? I don't. I, I think I think we've uh, we've turned this horse into glue. Um, I, I think I think we've definitely we've said uh, plenty. We've had plenty to say on so many different topics tonight. We've been all over the board, and uh, I think we should just wrap this up. So yeah, yeah. Don't just uh, stay safe out there, guys. Um, we're all in this together. Uh, continue to uh, you know, uh, take care of your loved ones, you know, be, look out for the ones who are in, uh, poor health, um, wash your goddamn hands. Can't say that enough. Don't be a fucking idiot and go, uh, to spring break and, uh, go into crowds and stuff. 
Um, you know, keep, keep everything on the down low. Uh, a lot of accommodations are happening to, to help with, you know, people who are staying shut in. Um, I know Universal is looking at putting some of their films that either uh, were going to come out in theaters here soon or have just come out in theaters. They're going to be putting them on streaming platforms here within the next week. Um, a lot of people, we, we are definitely trying to take care of each other. It, it, you know, it's, we're, we're, all, we're all getting ready for the return of Leonard Bernstein. But in the right. meantime, we're all taking care of each other in different ways. Uh, look for the light. Don't uh, ignore the dark. The dark, the dark will go away. Um, right. You know, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Do your thing, buddy. All right. <clears throat> there is nothing wrong with the planet. Nothing wrong with the planet. The planet is fine. The people are fucked. Difference. The planet is fine. Compared to the people, the planet is doing great. Been here four and a half billion years. Do you ever think about the arithmetic? The planet has been here four and a half billion years. We've been here, what, 100,000, maybe 200,000? And we've only been engaged in heavy industry for a little over, what, 200 years? 200 years versus four and a half billion. And we have the conceit to think that somehow we're a threat? That somehow we're going to put in jeopardy this beautiful little blue-green ball that's just floating around the sun? The planet has been through a lot worse than us. Been through all kinds of things worse than us. Been through earthquakes, volcanoes, plate tectonics, continental drifts, solar flares, sunspots, magnetic storms, and magnetic reversal of the poles. Hundreds of thousands of years of bombardment by comets and asteroids, meteors, worldwide floods, tidal waves, worldwide fires, erosion, cosmic rays, recurring ice ages. And we think that some plastic bags and aluminum cans are going to make a difference? Folks, the planet isn't going anywhere. We are. We're going away. Pack your shit, folks. We're going away, and we won't leave much of a trace either. Well, thank God for that. Maybe just a little styrofoam. Maybe. Little styrofoam. The planet will be here. We'll be long gone. Just another failed mutation. Just another closed-in biological mistake. An evolutionary cul-de-sac. The planet will shake us off like a bad case of fleas. A surface nuisance. You want to know how the planet's doing? Ask those people in Pompeii who are frozen into position from a volcanic ash how the planet's doing. Want to know if the planet's all right? Ask those people in Mexico City or Armenia or a hundred other places buried under thousands of tons of earthquake rubble if they feel like they're a threat to the planet this week. How about those people in Kilauea, Hawaii, who build their homes right here next to, next to an active volcano and then wonder why there's lava in their living room? The planet will be here for a long, long, long time after we're gone. And it will heal itself. It will cleanse itself because that's what it does. It's a self-correcting system. The air and the water will recover. The earth will be renewed. And if that's true, that pl plastic isn't degradable, well, the planet will simply incorporate plastic into a new paradigm. The earth plus plastic. The earth doesn't share our precedence towards plastic. Plastic came out of the earth. The earth probably sees plastic as just another one of its children. Could be the only reason the earth allowed us to spawn from it in the first place. It wanted plastic for itself. Didn't know how to make it. Needed us. Could be the answer to our age-old philosophical question. Why are we here? Plastic, assholes. So the plastic is here. Our job is done. We can be phased out now. And I think that's really started already. Don't you? I mean, to be fair, the planet probably sees us as a mild threat. Something to be dealt with. And I'm sure the planet will defend itself in a manner of a large organism like a beehive or an ant colony can muster a defense, I'm sure the planet will think of something. What would you do if you were the planet trying to defense against this pesky, troublesome species? 
Let's see, what might, hmm, viruses. Viruses might be good. They seem vulnerable to viruses and uh, viruses are tricky, always mutating and forming new strains whenever a vaccine is deployed. Perhaps this first virus could be one of that that compromises the immune system of these creatures. Perhaps a human immunodeficiency virus, making them vulnerable to all sorts of other diseases and infections that might come along and make it maybe spread it sexually. So making them seem a little less reluctant to engage in the act of reproduction. Well, that's a poetic note and it's a start. And I can dream of it, can I? See, I don't worry about little things, bees, trees, whales, snails. I think we're part of a greater wisdom that we won't ever understand, a higher order. Call it what you want. You know what I call it? The big electron. It doesn't punish, it doesn't reward, it doesn't judge it at all. It just is, and so are we, for a little while. And we are out. Leonard Bernstein's gonna take us all home. Good night, everybody. Seasons don't fear the reaper, nor do the wind, the sun, or the rain.